in comparison. We're going to want to walk with him hand in hand, and we're going to spend our time with him around the throne praising him. I don't necessarily know, but I know it's going to be good. Amen? Galatians chapter 6. I wanted to briefly speak to you tonight, and when I say briefly, sometimes uh, with a Baptist that means an hour, but uh, I, I want to do the best that I can to encourage you. Oftentimes, you know, we get tired. I know that this is the start of the week, and we've had a full weekend already, and we've had a wonderful day today, and so you're probably starting to feel that nap wear off, and and you're wanting to, to get through. But I want you just to pay attention for the next little bit. Galatians chapter 6, as we talk about the three R's of Christianity. The three R's of Christianity. You know, when you look at verse number 1, and we're going to read six verses in verse 10, it really begins to highlight the first R of Christianity. And that R is relationship not religion relationship in fact verse 1 says brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault the first word gives indication of a relationship my brothers my brethren my brothers and sisters we have a relationship one with another but the first important relationship it says if a man be overtaken in a fault ye which are what's the word Spiritual. Well, that was kind of weak. Ye which are? Spiritual. It gives the indication that there's a greater relationship more so than the brethren, and that is a spiritual relationship. How can a person have a spiritual relationship? They must be born again. It's not religion. See, that which is spiritual is not ever birthed out of religion. That which is spiritual is birthed out of relationship. That which is birthed out of religion is variance, emulations, strife, division. Religion has created more wars than any other organization. In fact, if you follow past history, there are so many religious entities attributed to so many deaths. And so we see that religion is not the important thing here. Religion does not let you be spiritual. It's relationship that creates spirituality. He goes on to say, my, my brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is in the restoration business? So having an important relationship, the most important relationship we could ever have is with Jesus Christ. You know, oftentimes, and this is you're kind of preaching to the choir, but, but think about this with me. Church is great. Church is important. But church is not what takes you to, to heaven. And we are in a day and age where there, where there are a lot of denominations out there, and we have all of these fractions and divisions. And when you're looking at who has the truth, you must look at who is adhering to God's word. Thy word is truth. It's not uh, a charismatic person. It's not a personality. It's not, it's not someone who is, who's very energetic and very zealous. It's the person, it's the, it's the platform that preaches the truth of God's word that's important. By that, there's restoration. By that, there's peace. By that, all things are made new. And that's where we have the most important relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Do you have a relationship with him? How do I know I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, can I just share something with you? A lot of times when, you, when you're talking about knowing for sure where you're going when you die, eternity, well, I was taught that you ask certain questions, and, and those questions are, are very important. And the typical general question would be this. If you die today, do you know for sure where you're going? You ever asked anybody that? If you die today, do you know for sure where you're going? That's a, that's a visitation question. It's a, a question you ask somebody, whether they're stranger or relationship. And it's, it works actually greater if there is a relationship there. But when you ask that question, here's, here's some things that happen. You'll begin to understand and see relationships. They'll say things like this. Well, I've been to, I go to church. Relationship. Hey, I've, I've been good. I've, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm... I'm I teach Sunday school. I, I, my parents, they've been involved in, in ministry. You begin to hear all of certain criteria that lends you to believe that a person has more of a religious relationship than a relationship with Jesus Christ. If I ask you the question, would your response be attached to something you're doing or something that's already been done for you through Jesus? See, my response would be if someone said, hey, you know, do you know for sure if you die today, you go to heaven? Oh, I know. How do you know? Because Jesus Christ said in his word, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I remember the day that I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not in my works, not in my goodness, but in a state of discouragement and misery, I cried out to him because I knew I was lost and he saved me. That's being born again. Sometimes when you ask somebody, hey, are you a Christian? You'll get the answer, oh, yes. There's so many people that claim to be Christian. Or have you ever been saved? Oh, yeah. There was that time at the pool. I was drowning, and the guy pulled me out. Here's the, here's the greatest question you can ask somebody. And I'm, I'm serious. This is the greatest question you can ask somebody because th then that's when they're like, what? Have you ever been born again? Don't you think that was kind of interesting that Jesus Christ asked Nicodemus that? He didn't say, are you good? Or Nicodemus, do you believe you're a, a good person? Are you a, a Christian? Are you a follower of God? Because if he said, Nicodemus, are you a follower of God? Oh, yes, I keep the law. I've done all these things. He said, have you been born again? And when he asked that question, you know, what? How do, how do I go back and get born again into my mother's womb? It's a very good question for you to ask because then you'll start to see the response. See, the greatest relationship you can have today is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know how you deepen that relationship further? Because it's not just being saved. It's also being settled. It's, it's being sanctified. It's getting in God's word and understanding and studying, making sure that you further that relationship. You know, we always heard the joke, anybody know what God's first name is? It's Andy. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. You know, we've heard that joke, but the truth of the matter is, does he walk with you? Does he talk with you? Does he commune with you? Do you talk with him? Do you spend that time to deepen and further your relationship with Jesus Christ? He said, brethren, and we'll read these verses and then we'll get into our relationships. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, verse 2. 
For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. And look down at verse 10. This is a good verse too. As we have therefore opportunity, let's do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. And so we see relationships in there. We see the spiritual. Hey, that we are to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and being spiritual. We also see a relationship with the church. Bear you one another's burdens. Isn't it a blessing to be a part of a, of a loving church? Now look, it's not a perfect church. It's not a perfect church. See, if you're looking for a perfect church, you'll, you'll be looking forever and a day. And you'll never find one. If you walk in the doors of a church, and I think I, you know, I was having the conversation, and, and, and that may be here, but when you have settled on this is my church, this is the place that I love, you look at things differently. Up until that time, if you're coming in and you're kind of standing back and you're like, I wonder, I'm going to, you're going to start looking for things to, to point out. You're going to, you're going to say, oh, I don't like that. And I don't like that. You're going to find that in every place. You have to go in and the first thing you have to look for is the things you love, not the things you dislike. I'm looking for things I love when I, I mean, I, when I go to a restaurant, I'm looking for things I love. Do you look at the menu for things you dislike? Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. You know, you got a short amount of time to decide for that waiter or waitress comes up to you, so you start looking for the things you love. And that's what keeps you at a restaurant, the things you love. I've never ordered anything I didn't like. Oh, I, let, I'll t ooh, I hate the peace salad. Let's get that. Oh, I'm looking for things I love. When you come in a church, look for the things you love. Look for the things that, that the Bible talks about we're supposed to look for. Look for the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Look for the Holy Spirit's power and presence in a place. Look for a group of people who know that what grace is so important in their lives. I mean, look at someone who is there some forgiveness and, and understanding, and yet, although the Bible talks about that you, you judge not, that's, that's really not for us, that we also are judges. We're, if you're saved, you, you are a discerner. You're a judge of all things. And in that judgment, it's not casting judgment. It's prayerful judgment. I'm praying for you. I see that there's some struggles in your life. I'm praying for you. There is a wonderful relationship that we can have as a church. That's why I like it being called a church family. Families fuss, don't they? Shouldn't. But there's arguments in families. There's conflict in families. There's always that third child in a family. You know? I'm just joking. You know, I'm, I'm just joking. But there's always, some, there's always some things to work through. But relationships are important. And he says, have, have, you have opportunity to do good. You're especially doing it, especially to the church. If I want to be good and help somebody, I'm especially supposed to do it to the brothers and sisters I have around me. And so the relationships are important with Christ and with the church and with his children. With his children. Do you know this? This is so important. This, this quote is Theodore Roosevelt. It says, The most important single ingredient in the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. One of the greatest ingredients in success in ministry is learning how to deal with people. Every one of us are different. Every one of us 
operate differently. Every one of us have different likes. Aren't you thankful that everybody's different? Because if everybody was the same, life would be boring. And so God has made us all different. And God has given us his wonderful word to help through the differences. And we are one in Christ. That's the one uniting thing that we have is the blood of Jesus, right? Some of us, our finances are different. Our looks are different. The things we like that we like are different. But the one thing we have in common is Jesus. Amen. And that is what brings us together. Our love for Christ causes us to love one another. See, our relationships are important. But we look at verse 7, and then there's, in Galatians, he talks about a responsibility. See, when you think you're somebody, verse 3 talks about, for man thinks himself to be something. When you think you're somebody, that plays into those relationships. Sometimes you don't relate with everybody. You, you don't talk to people who are beneath you because you already think you're somebody. And you have a hard time, you know, especially in, in areas of service, because you have arrived, you are the most important person. But the Bible says we're to prove our own work, that we're to have rejoicing in ourselves and not in another. For every man will bear his own burden. We're to bear one another's burdens, but, but we also bear our own burdens. And we're to communicate. And speak to those who are teach in all good things. But verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. We are coming into one of the other R's of Christianity, and that's our responsibility. That's our responsibility. You thought it was going to be reaping, but it's our responsibility. See, it's the responsibility of the farmer to sow. It's the responsibility of God to give the increase, right? When you look at responsibility, you go out, you plant, you sow. You don't know what you're going to reap, but if you plant corn, what are you going to reap? Not llama beans. If I put corn in the ground, I'm going to get corn. If I put beans in the ground, I'm going to get beans. If I put tomatoes, I'm going to get tomatoes. It's what I put in is that what I'm getting out. So my responsibility is to go and to sow and to sow good things. If you go in life and you sow hate, just know you're going to receive hate. If you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow goodness, you're going to reap goodness. But if you sow division, you're going to reap division. So it's our responsibility. How do I know? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Go on, for the, he that soweth through the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to give you three things that I think in our responsibility that as a Christian it is our responsibility to do. And if we sow in these things, we're going to reap bountifully. I think the first thing that we have a responsibility in is to study God's Word. The more you sow into that, the more you'll reap into, uh, from God's Word. Isn't it such a blessing that as you get in God's word and you put your time in, that you get more out of it? I'm to hide it in my heart. That means I'm to plant it in there. And you know what it rends and I reap? I reap times where hey, you shouldn't do that. I'll hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my uh, uh, feet and a light unto my path. 
I'm, I'm, to, I'm to have it in my life. It's so important. That's why he said in 2 Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That we are called as Bible believers, we are called as Christians, our responsibility is to study so we're not ashamed. You ever had anybody ask you about God's word and you were like, uh, I have to get back to you on that one. I don't really, I don't know that. Oftentimes, they'll just be text messages. Have you ever heard this? Uh, one person sent me this the other day, and it was, it was you know, the same sins that, that you got saved from is the same sins that will drag you to hell. Can I tell you something? If you got saved from those sins, those sins won't take you to hell. You're, you're, not, you're free. There's now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That means your sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. Amen? And so we need to study because the devil is going to be good at trying to trip us up. There are a lot of people out there studying and they're learning something different just when you come in contact with to manipulate and twist the scriptures. And you've got to study so you're not ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Another area that is important to our responsibility is you've got to stand. In fact, you look back in chapter 5, he says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. It's hard to stand for Jesus, isn't it? And when you stand for him, you get to stand in liberty. But don't use liberty as an occasion for the flesh, the Bible says. What that means is you, man, praise the Lord, all things are yours. But you're not to use that freedom to go out and fill the void of your flesh. Oh, I can do that. Well, you certainly can. You're free. There's no condemnation, but should you do that? Oh, I can go and, and look at that. Well, maybe you can, but there's now therefore no condemnation, but should you look at that? Now, I can go there, and I can hang out with them. See, our liberty is I can do pretty much. There's no condemnation. I'm free in Christ. I'm free from sin. But I don't use that as a ticket to sin. I'm not, I'm, I almost said it. We don't, we don't do what we want and then go climb in a box somewhere one time a week and, and get forgiveness to go out and do what we want to climb in a box the next week and get to go back and do what we want. We don't have that. In fact, man can't forgive us from our sins. And he can't absolve us from our sins. But praise the Lord, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I only, got to, I only had to be saved one time. You don't have to get saved over and over again. You only have to be saved one time. You're cleansed one time. And then those sins that you collect, because we walk in a dirty world, and, and the Bible says in Hebrews that, that we're to lay aside the sin and the weight which so easily besets us. That sin, because of the, the flesh that we have, it wants to jump on us. It wants to be a part of us. It wants all those weights and the burdens, but we're to lay those things aside. So I'm to stand in the liberty. I have a responsibility to Jesus Christ to stand up, stand up for him. Why? Because there are people around me that need to see me standing. 
A lot of times, you know, in the day that we live, does this not ring true to you that most people, the, the most Americans, most people in the world, they focus more on their rights than their responsibilities? If we as a country focus more on our responsibilities and less on our rights, I think we would get more accomplished. I have a responsibility to be a Christian. I have a responsibility to be an American. I have a responsibility. And do I have rights? Yes, there's some rights along with that. But I'm not to focus on those. I'm to enjoy those and focus on what I should be doing. Hey, you know you have some rights as a believer? Isn't a blessing to know that? You have an inheritance? But if you focus always on your rights, nothing would ever be done. We focus on our responsibilities and rejoice in our rights. And so we have to stand. We have to study. Then we also see this. There is stewardship. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to them who are the household of faith. There is a, a servitude, a stewardship, a, a servant's heart. As many, he says in verse 12, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. He said there are some that just, they want to make a fair show in flesh. They want to do it uh, so they can get glory. And what we do as servants, as stewards of the gospel, as stewards of Jesus Christ, we do it not to make a fair show in the flesh. We do it because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And he says, you know what? Those people who want to make a fair show in the flesh, they don't even keep the law. They just want to make you keep it. You know, there are a lot of people in this life that, that are, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. Oh my goodness, they're always judging other people. And you know what? Here's the truth that I find. Some of the most harsh people, the most critical people, are doing some of those, the most heinous things themselves. They're not living for Jesus themselves. Oh my goodness, you, oh my, you don't have the right kind of, let me just tell you something. There are a lot of people that thump on this Bible and they don't even read it. Oh, bless God, we have to carry this Bible, the King James Bible. Look, if you've got a King James Bible, you better read it. You know, Adrian Rogers says the best Bible is the one you read. The truth of the matter is, I love the King James Bible. But there are a lot of guys out there that will lift it up and, and almost worship it, and they ain't even reading it. So the truth of the matter is, we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Get in God's Word. Stand for Jesus Christ and be a steward, a servant, Ever living for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our responsibility as a believer. We look at the third thing is our resolve. Verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory. Hey, if I have my relationships right and I have my responsibilities down pat, it would seem like sometimes that, that pride will swell up in me. Look at me. I'm, I'm a good servant. I'm a good st student. I'm standing on God's word, and, and, and I've got good relationships. I'm, I, I've I'm, I'm the good guy here. The Bible says in verse 14, but God forbid that I should glory. Even if you have a good study time, even if you're standing for Jesus, even if you're a good steward and you've got great relationships, then the resolve is I am not going to take credit for any of that. Say to in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, if you're going to praise something, praise Jesus. If you're going to glory in something, glory in the cross and what Jesus Christ has done for you. You know, it's so difficult 
a lot of times when people say things, it, to know the response. So if somebody says, hey, great message today. Hey, praise the Lord. Be honest, things like that comes from God. How do you know? If you'd see an outline up here, there are some points. There's a lot of emptiness in between. Because I pray this, Lord, let the things that come out of my mouth be helpful to somebody. And if there's anything that shouldn't, Lord, keep that back. They'll tell you in the back, sometimes there's verses that don't even make it to the screen because I've moved on. And I, I'd like to read those verses, but somehow we, get, we miss or stories get missed. Why? Because I want to make sure that everything is honoring and pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you say great message, it's because of him. Hey, great song. Praise the Lord. It's because of him. All my talent, all the blessings, it, it's a gift from above. All the blessings you have are gifts from above. And so we don't glory save in the cross. It's because of Jesus that we can sing, the choir can sing, the teacher can teach. All of the blessings, the person who does the, the, the notes and puts them up here, the graphics, the script, all of that is because Jesus Christ has blessed us with so much. Everything you have is because of Christ. So let's be resolved not to take any credit. See, that's what we should be as a Christian is giving all the glory and the credit to Jesus Christ. Tell your kids, the job is wonderful. You know, we go home and we complain about a lot of things. You know what we're teaching when we complain about the house and the car and all the things? Is that we're not giving credit to the Lord Jesus for the blessings we have. We're teaching them how to be bitter Christians and not better Christians. The truth in God's word is, verse 14, we're to give glory. That's our resolve. God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Second resolve is to walk different. We're to walk worthy. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are lower. These have alert my side, I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free, Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. See, we should resolve not to stay in the world and love the world, but to set our affection on things above and to begin to strive to be a peculiar people, a set-apart people, a different people. A new creature, which what he says in verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. The fleshly things that Israel, the law would say, Oh, you've got to be circumcised. He said, It's not that or the other. It's are you a new creature in Jesus Christ? It's not about your flesh. It's about Jesus. Are you resolved to live like a new creature? Are you resolved to being different? You know, the, the greatest problem we have in this life is we think that in order to be valued, we have to be accepted. So we strive to be accepted by the world. We dress like the world. I mean, we, we'll have worldly things. You know, I, I, anybody ever feel out of touch with the world? 
I feel a little bit out of touch. I mean, I kind of dress how I just, I enjoy dressing. I don't know what, what high fashion is. Oh, those are Sperry's. I have no idea, you know, if Sperry's are popular or not. I, I mean, I don't, I remember back in the day there was Guess. You had Gucci. You had all of these different things. I have no idea. I, whatever Walmart has. Belk has, JCPenney, and even sometimes Goodwill. That is it's what I get. I don't know suit brands. I just, hey, what is this? It looks nice. It's, it's Sean John. Anybody ever heard of Sean John? I don't even know who he is. I just like the coat. You understand, a lot of times we feel that we've got to follow certain things and wear certain things. When I was a kid, it was Nike Air Jordans coming out. Parents bought me some knockoff avias or something. Made me wear them. I called them bobo shoes. Wore bobo shoes to school. You know what? They were shoes on my feet. Do we have to have the name brand stuff? Isn't it more important to have Jesus all over us than Sean John? Isn't it more important to worry about being accepted in him? Been accepted by the world standards. I'm not in high fashion. The only thing I, I mean, I just, if it looks good, I think it looks nice. That's awesome. Wear it. But so many people are caught up in the worldly things. It's not fleshly things. It's being a new creature in Jesus Christ. And if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Are you in Christ? The resolve is to walk different. If you're a new creature, then you have new desires, you have a new look, you have a new outlook, you have a new uplook. So go out and live like you're different. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. That's a biblical mandate for us as Christians to walk worthy. That's our resolve. And then we look, verse 16, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them. And mercy and upon the Israel of God. I know when you read that, you go, upon the Israel of God. When he was talking about Israel in, in Romans, he said, all, not all of Israel are Israel. Basically, God's chosen people. He said, not everybody had, had faith. And now when we think about God's chosen people and who are a, a, a person with, with Christ, listen, we are God's chosen too. Do you realize that? That Israel has to be saved just like you have to be saved. And there are people today who are loved by God, called. When you said yes to the bride, you've, or to the groom, you became the bride of Christ. Amen. I'm resolved to walk worthy. And when I walk worthy, it says this, as many as walk according to this rule, peace. Do you think our world needs peace? You ever watch some of the craziness going on and you thought, man, if they just knew Jesus. See, I'm resolved to walk worthy because I want peace. Let me give you something to think about, and it's so true. You want to know the people that struggle in church? It's the people that struggle in their walk. They got a wrestling match going on. They've got a, 
they got a worldly pull over here, and they've got the spirit pulling over here, and they're, they're going this way, and they're trying to, to walk in, in both worlds, and you can't do that. You either walk and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and peace rules and reigns in your heart, or you're being pulled and torn asunder, trying to love and serve two masters. You know what's going to happen? You're going to hate the one and love the other one day, and this is how this works. When you're being pulled like that, most, most of the time, the one you end up loving is the world. And you begin to walk away from the one that gave his life for you. You just make a decision today that you're going to let go of the world and have peace and ruling and reigning in your heart and in your life. Because you're walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're walking worthy. The last thing on our resolve is to this. Look at verse 17. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He said, from this time on, I, I don't want anybody to trouble me because I visibly am going to let people see Jesus Christ. I bear in my body. I, I, Paul said, I'm, I've, I've gotten the marks for living for Jesus. Was Paul beat up before? Left for dead? Yes. In prison? Beaten, stripes, all those things. He said, I actually have suffered, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest resolve that we can have is to give glory to God, to walk different for God, and to show our Savior to everyone we meet. I don't want anybody to trouble me. You know why? Because I'm doing the best that I can to show Jesus Christ. Hey, look, I don't, I don't want us to have trouble with one another because guess what? If you and I are doing our best to show the world Jesus Christ, we don't need to trouble one another. We don't need to have the, the stress and the struggle and the strife going on in church. we got to take outside the walls of the church peace and the gospel and share. And if we're all burdened and we're divided and disjointed, how can we share a love of Jesus Christ with the world. So we shouldn't trouble one another. We should be resolved for peace and to show Jesus Christ and to give glory to God. That's the three R's of Christianity. Your relationship with Christ is paramount. Your responsibility to study God's word and to walk with him is so important. And your resolve should be, I am not going to create difficulty and strife. I want to bring glory to Jesus I want to show Jesus Christ out. I want to walk differently. So every head bowed, every eye closed. How are you in your relationship? How are you with your responsibility? And are you resolved to show Jesus to live for Jesus, to bring glory to Jesus. Brethren, if you're spiritual, you'll be into relationships, restoring, loving, doing good. Hey, and brethren, if, if you really are responsible, you'll study. Because what you put into your Christian life is what you're going to reap. You put in love, you reap love. You put in joy, you put in all of the good things, you'll reap a lot of good things. So don't be weary and well-doing. For in due season you'll reap. If the Lord is speaking to you tonight, maybe he's pricking that heart and he's saying, 
He's talking to you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but the Lord does. Father, I pray tonight that in just a moment as we stand to our feet, a verse of invitation is sung. Lord, you love us so much. You desire relationship. Lord, we should desire a responsibility to serve you and to give back and to do good and also be resolved to live our lives bringing glory to our Savior, bearing about in our body the marks, and not troubling one another, but living in peace, walking as a new creature. Move in the invitation, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's stand to our feet. Would you sing? Would you would you come as we sing? I was lost. I was in chains. The world had a hold of me. My heart was a stone. I was covered in shame. When he came for me, I couldn't run, couldn't run from his presence. I couldn't run. Listen, thank you so much for being here. Let me remind you, 
when you sign up for these small groups, it's so important. You know what small groups is really about? Small groups in Sunday school help us in this area called discipleship. That is the know the truth portion of our culture. We want people to know the, the see Jesus is the way, but we want them to know the truth of God's word. Let's get in and realize what he has for you. So please sign up. That Master Life 2 class, if you've already taken Master Life 1, go ahead and sign up for Master Life 2. You say, well, I've not taken Master Life 1, and I'd like to see what it's about. You still can jump in. Uh, there's a lot of good things that you can learn, so you can take that class. And we have a lot of classes that are fit just for you. Don't take this time to sit at home and watch Disney. Okay? They have something called Disney Plus now. And you can watch it at work. I mean, you can watch it wherever you're at, uh, Disney Plus, and it don't have to be on Sunday night. Amen? Hey, let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Father, I love you, and I thank you so much for loving me. I'm thankful for your son. Tonight, I pray that you bless our church. Thank you for each person here. Lord, I pray we go out and we bear in our body the marks of Jesus Christ, the mark of love, the mark of liberty, the mark of labor. Lord, in one of these days, when we hang on and keep doing things, we're going to reap. We're going to find the well done, thou good and faithful servant. So, Lord, bless us. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.